I can remember to add myself here to the live stream. How is everybody doing? Thank you for joining us today at the Real Life on the Basque Hack and Beers podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. If you are watching on a live show, feel free to drop a comment. Let us know where you're watching from and where you're from and all that good jazz. Today, we're going to have Justin Largen. He's the host of a new podcast called the Kayak Fishing Weekly, which is airs on the Serious Angler well, I think it's on his own podcast, but the network of the Serious Angler podcast. Anyways, Justin will fill us in and all the details. But Justin is the third time around on my podcast. Uh, I just found out he the first time he was ever on a fishing podcast, a kind of fishing podcast, was with me about three seasons ago when I was still in Paddle and Finn. Um, and then earlier this year, I had him on the show when I found out he was going to do uh, the kayak. Fishing Weekly Podcast. And now that it started, I wanted to bring him on again. There's a lot of uh, uh, interesting questions I have about the TOC. He took part in the Hobie BOS Tournament of Champions. He was in second place after day one, after day two, I'm sorry. Um, and then he finished in third place after day three. And it's always interesting, you know, if you would have told anybody, hey, you're going to finish third place at the TOC, you would take that in a heartbeat. But everything changes in perspective after leading, going into the last day. Now you are, you know, you're getting greedy and you want first place. So we'll talk a little bit about the kind of the mental struggles that you go through. And at the end, what the big picture is, do you feel like you lost first place or do you feel like you won third place? It's always an interesting uh, way of looking at things. But anyways, uh, a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Well, actually, let me bring this in. I I always like to be transparent with what I do with my with my social media, my podcast. I just signed up with a I guess you could call it a sponsorship for this company, North Lithium. Lithium. There we go. Norsk. It's a company out of Minnesota. I met them them at uh, what was it? Ah, forgot. Um, oh my god, iCast in Orlando. Did a video with them. Put them on my YouTube channel about the products that I seen in iCast. Later on, uh, earlier this year, we got in contact and uh, they, you know, were entertaining the idea of being part of their sponsorship program, pro staff, whatever you want to call it. So they sent me a couple of batteries, which I'm currently testing. And if I like them, then we'll sit back together um, and then we'll talk to North Norsk Lithium and think about, you know, what the sponsorship deal is going to be looking like. Hopefully, I'll have like discount codes for you that are looking into getting into lithium batteries and maybe saving some money. So far, you know, I got the uh, unboxing video done. It's on my YouTube channel if you want to check it out. It's on the Bass Kayak and Beers. Remember, you can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, but just a quick review on it. I got three batteries. This is what I would use. I don't have uh, live scope or three... 60 imaging or four faces in sonar but when i do get one this is the one that uh they're sending me for use for that i got two other but uh batteries that i'm using for other stuff like my gopros to keep my cell phone charge on my quad lock uh wireless uh recharging head and uh and that and the one that i use for my standard um, side scan and fish finder um, but anyways, one thing that I do love about the batteries is it has this, and I haven't seen it on any other lithium batteries. Where is it? Over here. 
that that uh, indicator tells me, you know, how much juice I got on my battery. And it does come with some USB ports. So that's why I hook up my GoPros and keep my phone charged. So you can do it the traditional way of hooking up or you can do the USB. So anyways, enough about that. I'll keep you guys updated on those batteries as I try them out. And then as soon as we settle on a discount code, if that comes to fruition, we'll do that. But enough about that. Let's bring our guest, the star of the show, Mr. Justin Largen. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Armando. Oh, thank you, man. I was honored to find out you the first time you were ever on a podcast was with me. So Yeah, it was oh, uh man. it was fun. It's uh it's been a few years now, but it was it was definitely a cool moment for me. I felt like I'd made it. No, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. But that thank you for the kind words. I I'll, I'll take credit if you want for if you allow me to for inspiring you to do a podcast. I'll take credit for that. There you go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is a crappy podcast. I can do better. <laughs> no, no it's, I found uh, I I was really fortunate last year. I had a good good season, and I got invited on as a guest several times, and uh, I enjoyed it. It's, it's it's like I love fishing, and then kind of the second second favorite thing is talking about fishing. So yeah, I can be a little long winded, but but yeah, I've I've enjoyed. You know, I'm new to it, uh, but but I've enjoyed it so far. It's uh, it's it's fun talking fishing. What is harder, learning to kayak bass fish or learning how to do a podcast about kayak bass fishing? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I don't know because, like, I feel like the I've done the fishing so long. I don't remember like the actual, you know, casting and you know paddling around part of it. I've I've done that for so long that it's just second nature. I, it's like I almost don't even remember what it was like when I started. It's been so many years now. It's I'm uh, I can feel myself getting older, but. It's, it's, I've enjoyed it. It's, um, you know, I've, ba- Bailey is definitely the brains behind ours. He understands all the technical side of it. So I'm, I'm still learning that part of it, but the just talking part, shoot, I've been boring my family to death talking fishing for years. <laughs> my wife can relate to that probably. <laughs> She's nice enough to every now and then ask me just to have something to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And I'll listen to her about her murder podcast and true crime podcast. There you go. It's a give and take. Yeah, exactly. It's an exchange. But Justin, I I should have started with this, but for those that don't know, you're not familiar with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How do you got into kayak bass fishing? You mentioned you've been doing it for a long time, but you actually burst into the scene the last couple of years and you've done great at, you know, at the competitive level, but tell us how you got started. I got started, um... I guess it's been somewhere between 10 and 15 years now. I remember uh, coming out of school. Uh, I didn't have a boat at that point. I used to wade fish a river near where I went to school. And I I wanted to get a boat. I got a, a Bass Pro Shops Pond Prowler, little kind of plastic John boat. I think it was eight foot. And I'd throw that thing up on top of the car, uh, hooked up a trolling motor, great big old lead acid batteries. And I even rigged up a cooler at one point so I could get those, you know, those hero shots at the end of the day, holding multiple fish. It, uh, I enjoyed it, uh, but it was, I felt like it was a lot of setup time. And I, I, I remember, you know, I was, I was into the bass fishing thing you know, already, but I remember seeing videos, uh, and it was Chad Hoover and Jeff Little, uh, whose stuff I, I first saw. Uh, I think they were with Wilderness Systems at the time. So that was the first kayak I bought. And it just kind of, it kind of stuck. I like the simplicity of it. At the time, I was living in Northern Virginia, 
And from the time that I bought that kayak, uh, to the time, and I think I went about a year and I was about to move and realized that I had not touched that pond prowler in a year. It was just, you know, I, I did a lot of short trips. I fished a lot of little backwaters, uh, little creeks off the Potomac river. And I would just do little short trips before and after work. And I, I could get so many more trips in with that kayak without all that, you know, loading time, lugging the batteries around. It was just quick, grab the kayak, throw it in the water, go. Um, so I really, I really fell in love with it. And it's, it's, like I said, it's been something like 10 or 15 years now that I've been doing it. And that competitive stuff, I haven't been doing nearly as long. Um, that, that's only, I think 2021 was the first year doing that. But, uh, but I've been in a kayak for a long time. How, how quickly was the learning curve when you got into competitive? Cause I think, you know, if I haven't done kayak fishing or even bass fishing that long, I'm barely been done for the last five years competitively for the last three or four years. And to me, that's like, you know, the first couple of years is just donating money, at least the first year. I'm still. How was that learning curve? <laughs> I know, I know. We still probably, unless you're like, well, and you've won some money, and maybe you at least maybe kind of broke it even. But I know you have a lot of success. What what was that learning curve like? How long did it take you to actually catch a check in whether it's a local or national trail? I was fortunate. Uh, my second tournament, I think it was. I tried to go down to Florida for a KBF tournament with no practice. Um, I'd only been to Florida once, but I had a really good time. Um, you know, just, I mostly flip grass and, uh, I just had it in my head that, oh yeah, I'll just go down to Florida and I don't, I don't need to see anything ahead of time. I'll just drive down there and just, you know, find some grass and go flip it and do fine. And it did not work out that, that well at all. Um, uh, I don't remember what place I finished, but I think I caught two fish each day, maybe. Um, and the second tournament was just kind of a perfect storm. Um, uh, that one that where. Well, I was on, it was Lake Fork and the area that I was in, it was the kind of a, I think the initial spawning wave. And I've, I've done a lot of fishing for spawners. I'm comfortable doing it. And, um, I think that made it a little bit easier for me. So I, I cashed a pretty good check in that tournament and I, I thought it was going to be, uh, easy after that. Oh yeah, this is just how it's going to go. I'm just going to cash checks all the time. I'm going to be the next Russ Snyder's and <laughs> no, I've, uh, it is, I was humbled very quickly. Um, you know, I've had some success, but it's, it's, um, I'm still amazed there, there's a handful of guys and gals that, that just seem to always be in the money. And if, even if they're not, you know, in contention, cash in a check, they're, they're very close. Uh, they don't, they don't bomb very often. And I, I still feel like I'm learning, uh, because I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm hard on myself sometimes, but I feel like I've, I've got too many bombs. I'm, I'm not consistent enough to, a, at least for where I want to be. Um, I've had some good finishes, but, but then I'll have some, some, uh, some stinkers mixed in. You know, it's interesting because kayak bass fishing and bass fishing in general, it's every sport. It's hard to dominate. Like we think about Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Lionel Messi in soccer, uh, Tom Brady in, in NFL, you know, those are people that dominated for decades, you know, and at the top of their game. But I mean, Russ Snyder, Cody Milton come to mind. I think those, I think most people agree those have been the top two, but even Russ Snyder has had down years and in bass fishing always keeps you humble. I mean, no matter how good you are, 
there's not like a clear cut. Okay, this is like the Michael Jordan of like kayak bass fishing or bass fishing in general. You know, we we got KVD, we got um, a lot of great anglers. But even when you consider the, you know, the success rate, it's still like baseball. You know, everybody says like, well, three hundred hitter is a great hitter. You said that means you failed seven out of ten times. You know, it's it's interesting, right? Yeah. But kayak bass fishing, it's it's so intricate it's so intimate it's it's ever changing um it's never the same well you know there are times where you repeat the lake but a lot of times especially when you finish trail when you fish national trails you know it's constantly a different lake every year even if some lakes repeat uh two and three seasons the rest don't yeah how do you try to keep yourself like engaged and not get frustrated and keep going and thriving for you know, to be something, you know, similar to what Russ Snyder and Cody Milton have done throughout the last four or five years. Oh, even Drew Gregory. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a handful of guys that are just, I feel like, next level. And for me, it's just because I don't feel like I'm there yet. Um, I see those guys and I see what they accomplish. And, um, you know, that that's kind of where I want to be. I've, I want to be one of the best guys in the sport. And I'm, I'm not there yet. So for me, it's just... You know, that's a pretty good source of motivation. Um, and then honestly, like what I, I feel like every time I start to feel like I'm, I'm doing good. All right. Yeah. Had a, had a good couple tournaments. Um, I'll have one that just, like you said, humbles you where you just don't catch them yeah. at all. You don't figure anything out. I had one, uh, one Bassmaster went to the Susquehanna this, what was it? October? Not that long. I went a couple, couple weeks, a month. Um, I did absolutely terrible at that tournament. And that was one of the ones that I thought I was going to do good at. And, uh, that that kind of lit a fire when when I did that poorly. I stayed with a couple great guys, uh, Mark Edwards and uh, and Garrett Morgan, and neither of those guys had been to the place before, and they smashed them. Um, and, and I'd been there a couple of times, and and had some good finishes on on some local trails, and I, I really thought I was going to go up there and and uh, and just you know, it was going to be a good tournament for me. And it was, I was very humbled by that, that fishery, seeing all these guys that, that are putting up just stupid numbers. I mean, it, it seemed like everybody had 90 inches and, uh, you know, people talking about, you know, reeling in a giant fish and watching five and 10 other ones swim back with it. And I'm like, I never saw that the whole time. <laughs> I, mean, I, I practiced for three days up there and then two days of competition It just tournaments like that. Um, you know, if, if you let them, they can make you never want to do it again, but but I know for me, more often than not, it's it's uh, it motivates me to go out there on the next one, and uh, and and not have that happen again. Yeah, it's one of those things. I every time I struggle at a tournament, when it's local, right? Because if it's outside of the state, then I'm not going to do it. But when it's local, I like to like um, a couple of weeks ago, I fished for the Native Bass Power Hour at Lake Fork, and I thought same as you that I was going to do pretty well. I was confident that I would maybe catch a check, but it didn't work out that way. And the next day, all I want to do is go back to it. Do you ever find yourself that way where it's like when you struggle, it's like, I want to go back. Like, I don't want this bad taste of my mouth. Like, to me, that's the level of competitiveness that I have. And I truly believe that if you want to compete at a national level constantly, like compete for AOI, that's the mentality you, you want to have. It has to be something of a, fearless mentality, not afraid to get embarrassed 
And when you all do kind of feel like you got embarrassed by the lake, just be pissed off enough that'll make you go out there versus being frustrated of yet another entry fee that was donated and yeah. not having nothing to show for it. But there's nothing wrong with the leisure kayak fishing. There's nothing wrong with the, hey, you know, I don't usually compete, but the tournament is close to my home. I'll do it. I mean, props to everybody that is up for the challenge of it, right? Just because somebody fishes constantly, nationally, you know, it doesn't take away from the ones that may be like, hey, you know, I'm a weekend warrior. Um, I don't have a lot of time fishing, but I'll give it a try. You know, props to everybody that does uh, put themselves out there because it is very humbling. What is your mindset after coming so close to AOY? And we know that the way Pickwick ended and Bassmaster Kayak Series ended last year, it came down to a decision by a panel of kind of inadvertently who was going to be AOY. So you would have, I mean, we could have been here and talking about you being AOY last year if the decision would have been different. Looking back in retrospective, like I know you and I have had private conversations about that, but now that a year has gone by and you look at, you know, where you were and how close you were to winning AOY, and now having to reset that button, start another season, coming in third at the TLC. Put it all in perspective. Has anything changed in your mindset? Does it make you hungrier? Does it make you frustrated? Um, just being so close and not being able to just get that result that you wanted. Oh, it definitely does. It's it's definitely frustrating. Um, like at the time, it, it took a while to to kind of get over the Pickwick one. And, and I kind of knew going in that that Drew hadn't fished. If I remember right, he hadn't fished. His, that was going to be his his. Uh, I think it was fourth like qualifying event, or maybe maybe it was his third. I, I don't. I know they changed the the scoring this year. To, I, th I think this year they included three tournaments, and maybe last year was four. Whatever it was, I knew that technically I had the lead, but I didn't really like. All Drew had to do was kind of catch a limit, um, but it it. What bothered me as much as anything at that tournament is just I didn't catch him. Like that was that was a tournament where I had a chance to I mean, I felt like I had to win it and Drew had to stumble a little bit for me to get AOI. Uh, but I I mean that was my worst tournament of the year by far on the Bassmaster side. So that that part of it frustrated me as much as anything that I like I didn't do what I needed to do. Um, I felt like I choked. Like it was it was kind of like my my opportunity and I and I blew it. Um, and I, I haven't really thought about it a whole lot since it's kind of one of those things that, you know, if you let it, it'll eat you forever. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was the, the very first Bassmaster Ag of the year you know, that they, that they offered. Yeah. Um, it would have been the historic one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I was, um, you know, it was awesome seeing Drew get the, you know, walk out and accept that trophy on the, the classic stage and, you know, go to that, I think it was the night of champions with all yeah. the. All the elite series guys that looked cool. So, I mean, it, it, I definitely um, at the time it, it stung, um, but it's it's something that it's it's definitely motivating now, uh, and I'm hoping that it'll be the same with this uh, this TOC finish. I it actually crossed my mind at one point. I hadn't I hadn't thought about the the 22 season very much. Uh, it had been a while since I thought about specifically anger of the year, but when I had that lead going into the last day at some point that night before, I mean, I couldn't sleep and I had, there's just so many thoughts going through my head and I couldn't, I just couldn't shut everything off. 
And at one point I was thinking about like, yeah, you know, I might have I might have missed an opportunity there, but I'm gonna win the TOC and it's gonna make it all better. <laughs> and uh, you know, I came up short, but it's I feel like it's um I don't know, it it's the sort of thing that'll eat at you if you let it, and I'm just not gonna let it eat at me. It's it I'm happy with how it turned out. Like like you were saying before, the if I'd known going in I was gonna finish third, I'd have been thrilled. You know, it wasn't that great of practice. Uh, it wasn't like I went in feeling like I'm going to dominate this tournament or anything. It just, um, the way kind of the weather changed and the, the bite developed for me, it just kind of, it worked out in my favor. Um, so yeah, it stings. Um, you know, I hate giving up a lead the way that I did and having my worst day when it, you know, mattered the most kind of, but it's, I'm happy with third place and I'm, I'm definitely motivated. I feel like if I keep putting myself in, in positions like that, uh, you know, eventually so it's it's going to work out in my favor. Yeah, and I think it's different in this aspect. Of, by the way, shout out to Max Holiday. Thank you for commenting, Max. Um, and anybody that's watching, please feel free to com- uh, put your comments on the comment section. And if you have a question for Justin or for myself, feel free to ask. We'll try to do our best to get those answers. But um, going back to what we're saying, it's it's obviously a little bit different in the sense that, like you mentioned, at the end of Pickwick, like you struggled, like you felt like you didn't win it anyways, regardless of what they would have decided, you know, mm-hmm. in, in questions of the uh, protests and everything. Uh, you you didn't feel like you performed. On day three of the TLC, you did perform, but with everything with kayak, bass fishing, it's like there's some luck involved in it, whether we like to admit it or not. You know, you just have to... You know, you found the fish, but you could have thrown the best bait out there, but you don't know that fish that's going to bite. It's going to be that 22 incher that you need, or if it's going to be a 20 incher that you, that, that just falls you short. Yeah. Do you feel like on comparing how pick, like what happened in pick with, with yourself personally, uh, and comparing to how day three was in TOC, do you, do you draw any comparisons? Do you feel like you choke on day three? I don't think you did. I mean, you'd had a great day. It's just that it was it, it just wasn't the best. It was getting into my head because um, I, I made I don't know. I didn't think it was a gamble. I thought I was making the right call, and I I still kind of think it was the right call to try to hit some some grass fish early, and then make a move to the area where I did well on day two. Um, but it, you know, I, I caught two fish early and then I think it was about 945 when I made that move, you know, 20 minutes or so to, to the spot where I really thought, you know, I could win it. Um, but it, I, I definitely felt a lot better about day three of the TOC than I did about Pickwick because Pickwick, I didn't even, I mean, even catch a limit. I, I don't even know if I had five fish for two days of fishing. I mean, it was just terrible. I knew I was out of it after the first day and part of me was, you know, wanted to go home. Um, and you know, I'm glad I didn't, I'm glad I went back out there and, uh, yeah. I went to the computer. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you, if you can't, you know, kind of show your face when, when you bomb, it's like, if you're going to show up when you do well, you got to show up when you do poorly too. Yeah. I, but I definitely felt better at the TOC. I, I got a limit, you know, before I had that limit, I was worried. I was like, no, you, you're going to get, you got to get five at least. Um, and I really don't know that there's anything I'd change. Um, if I could go back and do that, that day again, 
for whatever reason, those bigger bites that I was getting that, that second day of the tournament, uh, they weren't there that final day. I caught, I think yeah. more fish. They were just a lot of shorts and a lot of, you know, 12 and 13 inch fish. Um, I wish I knew why those smaller fish had moved up and were pushing bait in those areas and why the big fish had, had pulled off. Um, but I, I, I definitely felt like I didn't do enough to win it. Um, but it, it didn't feel, you know, at least catching a limit. Um, you know, it wasn't the same feeling of like completely choked. You know, I could have gone out and, you know, if I just zeroed the last day and then fallen out of, you know, check range that, that would have been worse. So it, it, I guess it's all a matter of perspective. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm pretty happy with, with how it turned out. I want to draw some comparisons of what I experienced and then I want to get your take on it because, uh, you know, I come to the, this is what I came to the conclusion when I was in the, in a tournament and, and I've spoken about this in other times on my podcast. So for those that have listened to my podcast long enough and you're tired of hearing, tired of he- me saying or talking about what happened in Lake Darnell, I apologize, but anyways, Lake Darnell, like day one, I, I tried to, once I realized I was in the lead, I tried to, you know, be smart about it. Like going into like with about 45 minutes left, I look at the leaderboard, I got my limit. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in the lead by a good three or four inches on a, I think I had something like 80s, 80 high 80s inches in Lake Darnell, which is great. I was okay. like, yeah, it, it will be unrealistic. I mean, not unrealistic, but me trying to sore lip all this fish just to get a couple of more inches doesn't make sense, right? So I was like, all right, an hour, 45 minutes into lines out, I'm calling it a day. I'm leaving those fish alone. I found them. I know where they are. I'm just hoping they're there the next day. Um, then um, Garrett Morgan kind of leapfrogs me um, by a couple of inches. And in my mind, one thing is like, I was kind of relieved because I was like, well, he's only like a half an inch above me, which is, you know, it's still going to depend on if I can perform on day two. Like, I'm not worried about a half an inch or half an inch um, deficit. Um, and two, I was relieved that I wasn't in the lead and I wasn't, I wasn't in the eyes of everybody. Because as soon as I submitted my fifth fish, I started getting text messages and calls saying, oh, you're in the lead, you're in the lead. And I was like, man, the pressure starts building up. But I'd rather like, no, I'd rather be nonchalant, not have the attention of everybody and just not the pressure of being in the lead in day one. So I thought I did like the veteran move, not sore lip. And rookie move was like, keep casting, keep catching them. It's like, I'm not going to do the rookie move. I'm going to do the veteran move. I'm going to leave him alone. I'm going to come back next day. Next day, I'm not going to oversink it. I'm just going to go early. I'm going to be there early. I'm going to paddle my butt off to my spot. I'm not going to go anywhere else. And I'm just going to be smart about it. That's where you caught him. That's where you found him. Let's go. And the day started off great with a quick three bites. And then it just died down. And there was like short strikes. It's like, okay, what's the next thing? Okay, well, if they're not biting the jackhammer because it's too quick, let me throw in a fluke. And third bite came in a fluke. I'm like, all right, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing, I'm being smart about it. But then all of a sudden it just shut off completely. And that's where you're in the second hour now. You're like, I need two more fish. I mean, not in the second hour. You got two hours to go. I need two more fish. I catch one more. All right, all right, I got like an hour and 30 minutes. I got to catch another one. And that's when the pressure really builds up. Because do I leave the spot? 
do I go? Do I change baits? And that, I mean, that pressure is like a ton of bricks. And then afterwards, I try to look back on it and kind of what you mentioned is like, would I change anything? It's like hindsight being 2020 is like, I don't know what else could I do? Like I beat myself up, like thinking like I failed, like I, I did something wrong. Like I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. But then I look back at it, it's like, there's nothing you could have done. You know, there's, I mean, there's things you could have done, but nothing, everything that makes sense, every decision that made sense didn't pan out. Actually, the fish fish was an 11 incher, which one inch shorter, like who, like, you don't know. I was where it was, where the fish were, but at 11 inch, it would have been one more inch. I would have been in the money. Maybe not win it. What was it? I mean, when I look back at it, it's like, okay. In my mind, what I think is if plan A doesn't work, I need to know, I need the, the experience. And that, that only comes from fishing and fishing on tournaments. Cause there's, it's a different vibe when you fish, you know, for fun and there's no pressure. And there's a different vibe when you fish, you like purposely, I'm looking for five big fish. And to me, it was like, all right, what I think I need to work with is kind of like what's Plan B, plan A doesn't work. That's where I lack in experience. What do you think you lack in experience or maybe competitive that would take you to that next level where we talk about like the Russ Snyders of the world, the Cody Milton's of the world? The first thing that comes to mind is uh, electronics. Uh, my, my electronics game is weak. And that that's probably the biggest hole, just um, you know, fishing deep and using electronics. And I, I did pick up a new unit earlier this year, and I've had a couple tournaments now playing with it where I've got, um, I'm trying, I think it's the, uh, the Lowrance Elite. It's the nine inch screen, but it's got really good side imaging. And I had a smaller Lowrance unit that it technically had side imaging, but it was, the screen was so small, I couldn't like yeah. make out details on it. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to, well, my plan is to, to spend a lot of time with that, get better at that. Uh, you know, locating brush piles and stuff away from the bank. And, um, and, and I, it's just, that's, that's an area that I've got to work on. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable up shallow. Um, I feel like it, I don't know, that's where I spend most of my time. And the, the deep water fishing um, and electronics game is, is something that I've, I've got to improve on if I want to get to sort of the next level. From kayak fishing, I know, you know, it's different from boat fishing. Like I, I don't, I don't hate electronics. I think they're great. I don't, I have no problem with live imaging. I have no problem with poor facing sonar or any of that electronic stuff. Do you, but personally, do you feel like it changes your enjoyment of fishing? Like staring at a screen and I'm being objective here. I'm not saying that should be the case. I'm not saying everybody should feel that way, but you personally, do you feel like, all right, I'm staring at a screen here. Where where does that fall in? Do you first of all do you enjoy fishing that way? And if it's not what you want to do as far as what you consider fun, where do you find that balance to say, okay, this is the business approach. If I want to catch a check, if I want to grow my brand, if I want to you know make something of something more out of this than just fun fishing, where is that you know, where is that line that you say this is just business. This is not necessarily fun fishing. And where do you say, no, I want to stick to what it makes it fun, whether I win or not. Yeah. I've, I guess I've kind of dealt with that. I've, I'm kind of old school. Like I, I, 
I tend to be like slow to change and adopt new technology and stuff. I've, um, the way that I like to fish is just kind of the up shallow and, yeah. and water, you know, that I can stand in. And, uh, but it's kind of the same way, at least for me with like a spinning rod. Um, I don't dislike catching them with a spinning rod. I'd rather catch them, you know, power fishing if I can. Uh, I feel like I've, there's advantages to it. I've, I've got heavier line. I've, I can, you know, get the fish around cover a little bit better. I'm not, I don't have to worry about getting broken off, uh, quite to the same degree. Um, but, but kind of the same way that there's, there's just, there's times where they're, they're not aggressive and you can't get bit with the moving baits and you got to pick up the spinning rod. It's, it's still plenty fun for me when I catch them on a, on a spinning rod. Um, I just kind of got to get, I guess, get that in my head for the electronics too. Um, it's definitely cool. Like for, for somebody who still has a very limited experience with side imaging, it's amazing what, what you can see with that technology and how much faster, you know, I can, I can cover water now and just well, like in practice, uh, just sort of going down the bank and seeing what's there, that ability to see under the surface and that far out on either side of the boat, I think is a, is a huge difference. And you could say the same thing for motors almost, um, I was hesitant to get a motors. Like I, I wanted to, what, what attracted me to kayak fishing initially was, was the simplicity of it. And, you know, I, I've been hesitant to, to add all these extra things. Um, you know, it, it but at the same time, it, it's, it's what you've got to do. Like I added a motor this year. That's the first time I've, I've had a motor and it's such, it's such a nice thing to have. You can go so much further. Um, you can get into, tr I've, I found myself getting into trouble sometimes with, with spending too much time sort of running around, yeah. you know, you're, it's, it's different when you got to pedal or paddle. It's, you get to a certain point, you're tired and like, all right, we'll just stop here and fish for a little bit with that motor. When you're not, you know, exhausting any energy and you're just, you crank that thing up and go, it's, um, yeah, you can cover a lot of water. And I was, I'm kind of kicking myself for, for taking as long to, yeah. to do that as I did. I mean, I fished for what two years without it, and you know, it's just it's it's kind of like it's handicapping yourself unnecessarily. I mean, it's it's one thing to you know to to fish a certain way for fun, but if if you want to compete and and put money up and you know try to win money, it's like at a certain point, you, know, you, you better do what everybody else is doing arm yourself with all the tools everybody else has, or you're going to lose more often than not. So I'm, uh, I've, I think I've finally got that kind of through my thick skull. I think on the, you know, kayak fishing, it's obviously it's different than a boat. I think on a, especially on the elite level, if you don't have forward facing sonar life, image, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You're not going to win. Kayak bass fishing, um, in general, I think there's still the majority of people don't have live imaging, right? I, if I would have guessed, as far as the Hobie BOS goes, AOI, strictly non, you know, non live imaging, I would say Jordan Marshall's probably the last one who ever was going to win an AOI. Like he wanted, what was it, the year before last year? Or last year? No, the year before last year. 21, I think. Who, I think. Who won it last yeah. year? Uh, Cody won it last year. Cody, like, exactly. Like, that's the last, like, now that you and Minor won it this year, and you and Minor is so prolific, like, out of every kayak, out of any kayak bass fishing angler out, out there, I think you and, my, you and Minor is the best with electronics. 
he's young, you know, he's he's in that generation where they're good with electronics. I myself, I feel like I've turned into my own man. Like my father was the last human in the world to go from vinyl to CDs. He was the last human in the world to probably get cable TV. He was the last human in the world to get internet. And now I look back, I'm like, man, I'm probably going to be the last one kayak bass fishing that's going to get a motor and a live uh, imaging sonar. So every year I feel like, man, I'm turning into my old man. Kind of like that joke from that progressive. Uh, is it progressive? Some life insurance is like, they're trying to help you avoid turning into your dad. Uh, oh, yeah. I can't, I can't remember which one it is. It's a progressive state farm. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's one of those. But um, I think now for AOY in kayak bass fishing, especially in the Bassmaster Kayak Series where you where you can use a motor, I think you're going to see less and less people that don't use forward-facing sonar win AOY. You're still going to see anglers like that win tournaments every now and then. Um, but to stay consistently like your minor does... I think you have to have electronics for AOI. Now, being like, you know, out of 100 in a tournament, let's say 20 got live imaging, and out of those 20, 10 are still learning how to use it, the numbers would say, you know, somebody that doesn't use live imaging is probably going to win, right? Um, but I think, like you mentioned, AOI, I think that, you know, that consistency of every lake being in you know, in contention because you have that uh, ability to use live imaging and if you're prolific at it, because it could be a handicap if you don't know how to use it. You know, I think that's where, where you're going to see the game changer. But I still think you're going to see the Josh Shrinkos, the one, uh, the Bassmaster Kayak Series at Susquehanna. Then again, everybody in Susquehanna, nobody in Susquehanna, I think, was using a live imaging. Cato was probably going to be a little bit different. I know you and I fish Cato. By the way, that's the first time that I would say, kind of wish I had a motor. Not that I could, because this is the Hobie BOS, but mm. man, that that, that Cotto tournament, because we didn't have lunches, launch, uh, ramp, boat ramp, or God, I can't even speak. I'm so tired from work today. Um, you couldn't launch from a ramp up north because there was none north of the lake. Yeah. If you wanted to go up north, like you had to battle. I don't remember how fast that current. I don't know. Do you have to go up to the surprisingly strong? I oh camped up there. I can't remember the name of the campground, but I was I launched at the campground. I knew it wasn't in play for the tournament, but I've I know for some of the hobies that that actually factors into my strategy. I sometimes look to find something you know that's that somebody else isn't going to be willing to put the work in to do. Uh, but I I didn't find anything up there that was particularly special to where I would you know spend an hour paddling or pedaling there. Oh my uh, god, it was it, horrible. I didn't especially after two days of practice. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's the other thing that um like I was I was thinking for this this TOC specifically, like having that motor for you know for the practice period, um, I purposefully, I mean I brought the pedal drive with me just in case, you know, have an issue with the motor. But the my my plan was to not use it at all. And I didn't touch it at all for the three days of practice. So that you know, okay, now we got three days of competition and I'm not spent already. Yeah. It's uh, it's a different world when you you know you if you're going to spend three or four days practicing and then go three days of competition where you're pedaling who knows how many miles, especially if you start getting in places where there's more current or where you've got some wind. It's uh, having that motor is really really nice. It it's amazing yeah. how much extra water you can cover 
compared to just pedaling or paddling. My my biggest issue with it personally is just that I'm gonna gain so much weight if I stop that. That's me only my only exercise. I'm gonna put on so much weight. Shout out to Corey Corey Geisenford. Geisendorf. I'm sorry, Corey. Hope you're doing great, Cody. Gotta meet you on the water. Great angler here from Texas. Um let's talk a little bit about your you podcast. Now, are you the host or the co-host of the Kayak Fishing Weekly? How's that going to work? I know you're with the Serious Angler podcast. Bailey Agbert is doing an, a tremendous job, like his niche with his brand, Serious Angler, and the network that he's building. I think he's heads and shoulders above, you know, as far as the business side of it. He's, you know, he's just doing great at it. And you're now you're partnering up with them. How did that come about and what is it all going to be about? Did you hear me? So I got you again. Sorry, you, you were cutting out for a minute. I'm not sure if it was if it was on my end or your end. Um, I heard bits and pieces. Uh, you were asking about the podcast? Yeah, so the podcast. So, you know, how did you, you know, partner up with Bailey Eichbrett and what's the show going to be looking like in, you know, for the foreseeable future? Yeah, it was... Um, I don't know. It, it was really, uh, it was interesting. Uh, Bailey and I ran into each other a couple times on the water and uh, he reached out and said, hey, this is something I'm thinking about doing. And it was really just a, a great opportunity that, that he offered me. He's he's built something really impressive with his Serious yeah. Angler podcast, that whole network. And I know he he's, he's very passionate about kayak fishing too. And he wanted to have something, you know, a, a show dedicated specifically to sort of our little niche um, in the sport and so yeah it, it's it's been really fun for me because um, like I said he's he's very good at it it's it's not something that I ever really had thought much about I've always you know stubborn me is has been kind of well I want to tournament fish and tournament fish and make money at tournaments and it's um, realistically it's it's very very hard to win money consistently in tournaments um, so for for me, the podcast is a great opportunity to kind of, you know, one just just have some fun chatting with Bailey and with with different guests, um, and, and it's a way for me to kind of get my my name out there, my face out there a little bit. Um, selfishly, I'm I'm going to learn a lot from it. I mean, I already have. We had Adam Riser on the other day, and uh, great, really really good information that that he shared with everybody. Um, and I think that's that's something that. That Bailey's holding that work. I mean, serious anglers. It's they're they're giving out information. They're trying to teach. Um, I think there's also sort of a an entertainment aspect of it. And then it just for me, it's just it's a lot of fun to, to sit down and talk fishing with with kind of like minded people. What's the? It's called Kayak Fishing Weekly. So tell us yep. when when does it air? And you know, I'm assuming it's going to be a weekly show, right? Yep. Uh, right now they're they're not live. They're um, but they're coming out every Thursday. They're dropping on Thursdays, and it's uh, um, pretty much anywhere that that you get podcasts. It's it's there. Uh, it's on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Pretty much anywhere you you get a podcast, you can find it. Is it going to be something more like kayak fishing and other stuff? Kind of like one of my favorite ones, Alex Rod, where you know it's more of like a fun episode. He just he has he has a podcast about fishing. He happens to be a kayak bass fishing angler, but it's not about totally about that. 
yours is I'm kayak fishing weekly, so I'm assuming it's dedicated to kayak fishing weekly. Is it going to be more like the sports side of it, the leisure fun side of it, or a combination of both? I think it's going to be a little bit of both. Um, we're we're trying to definitely have it have it be informative. Uh, there's going to be sort of a news aspect. Anything that you know, we talked about uh, the the episode that that came out this morning. We were talking about the new schedules that dropped. Anything that kind of happens in the kayaking world, um, you know, we want to touch on. Um, you know, we hope to have some some guests that are that are entertaining, that that can share a lot of information. Um, and it's it's not. I think it, there's something there for everybody. It's not just um, you know this tournament or that tournament. Um, there's a, a feature that that uh, that we started, and we're calling it the Kayak Kings and Queens of the Week where we recognize, you know, I, th- I think we've done three so far every week, but we'll, you know, two or three uh, specific fishermen that have done something cool that week. They've, and it, you know, we want it to be something that's not just a who had a good tournament here, but something that, um, that just highlights somebody that maybe they just made a really cool YouTube video, had an awesome, awesome catch, um, or they did something otherwise in the industry that's really neat. Uh, we're trying to, to kind of make it to where it's, it's something for everybody. Uh, you know, Bailey and I are both, you know, competitive. We're both doing doing tournaments, but I think we would both be fishing just as much if we weren't doing tournaments. So that that's kind of the mindset. You mentioned something that's going to be related to what, you know, the kayak fishing sports, you know, the news and updates and everything. I was talking from experience and, and you, you definitely know, uh, you know, the things that sometimes happens uh, that may they're going to be polarizing that people are going to have an opinion about, you know, we saw it at the end of, you know, last year in Bassmaster Kayak Series. We saw it again this year at the end of this year, unfortunately. What's your mindset in covering those things? Because I, I, you know, this is one of those subjects that is sensitive. There's always, there's, I feel like there's two narrative. It's like, let's focus on the positive. And I totally agree with that. But I think there's also, especially when you have a podcast called Kayak Fishing Weekly, what is the expectation? What's the expectation that the audience is going to have when something, I guess, quote unquote, controversial happens? You know, there's, I talk being on a podcast, I talk to Bailey Ackbert all the time about stuff like that. And I always, you know, before I talk about it on my podcast, I want to get as informed as I want. And Bailey can tell you, I've called him all the time. Hey, you know, we heard about this. What do you think about that? And what's your opinion on it? You know, let me get more informed. That's always sensitive and that's always polarizing. There are going to be people that agree with you. There are going to be people that don't agree with you. What's your mindset, you know, with situations like that? And I know you personally been affected by some of that uh, last year, but how do you approach it? Are, is it going to be something like, you know, we're not going to focus on that. We're not going to talk about it or we are going to talk about it. But how would you approach it? I think it's something I don't think we're going to dance around issues necessarily. I, I think we will talk about things. Uh, but something that I've seen uh, from from some of the other shows on the network is that they they kind of take their time, um, you know, wait for facts to come out, sort of not rush into conclusions. Um, so we, you know, we haven't had anything, you know, in the few weeks that we've been doing this so far. Um, so so some of it is, you know, I guess we'll we'll cross the bridge when we come to it. But but from from our conversations, I, I think that we're trying to we're trying to be really positive. Uh, yeah. There's there's plenty of places you can go on the internet, plenty of of you know YouTube channels and whatever else where you can go listen to people complain and 
and just be negative and tell you everything that's wrong with the sport. And we're trying to be different from that. We're trying to be just positive, uh, highlight some of the good things, um, the, the, the fun things about the sport that we all love. So I think we're, we'll talk about, you know, controversial things when they happen, but I don't think that we're going to make those a focus. Um, and we're going to, I think, do our best to, to not be polarizing. Um, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, hopefully we don't have any more drama, but, but you know, <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. there's been some drama in the kayak world, but yeah. it's, uh, it's unfortunate. It's one of the things that yeah. I think for, like, there's a lot of cool things about our sport. Yes. The camaraderie. Most so things and bad things, too. Yeah. I mean, so many people that you meet at the ramp that, you know, I've, I've had so many people that you meet that they try to help you out. Like you're competing against them in a tournament and they still try to help you out. Oh, I mean, go do this and you'll catch some fish. Um, there's just, there's a lot of cool things about the sport. And one of the things that just kind of, I mean, I get it. People are going to be people, but some of the clicks and the, the different groups that don't get along with the other groups, it's just like, man, we all love the same thing. It's like, I, yeah, I don't get it. Uh, and I, I wish there was a little bit less of that. So we're, we're definitely going to try to, um, to be, be a, a, a positive force with, with kayak fishing weekly. And I, and I think that's important. It's there, there are things that are going to happen. There are going to be controversies. There are going to be negative things that happens. And I feel like being from the podcast, sometimes you have to address it, right? Like, okay, this is going on. Let's talk about this. Doesn't, you don't necessarily have to talk about it in a negative way, right? Even because something negative happens, you can tell you, okay, well, this happened. Let's talk about this, but let's talk about a positive way. How do we fix that? How do we, you know, what's the other side of things? What What's the opposing side? How does the people that view it differently view it? And why do they view it differently? And kind of bring that conversation where nobody feels like my voice is being shut out because, you know, it doesn't stick to what this group does. And like you mentioned, that whole divide where it's like, okay, if, if this happens here within this group, we're not going to acknowledge it because we don't like that opinion. We're going to censor that opinion and stuff like that. And it's not just kayak, but that's everywhere. Like every single sport, political, social, political aspect oh, yeah. comes to that. But I, you know, that's one of the tricky things when, when you have a podcast is the expectation of people. Are, are, what is it that, you know, that balance of like, we, we want to talk about things, but we want to talk about it in a positive way and in a way that it uplifts that kayak fishing community, nobody feels like they're being left out. Um, there's always going to be like, uh, you know, whether Hobie BOS needs to have pull, um, motors or not, whether we need to support facing sonar, whether it's this and that. And yeah, you want to listen to everybody. I want to know what your opinion is, why we shouldn't have motors. want to know what your opinion is, why we should have motors. Um, but it's definitely a, a, a great, the podcast lends itself to having great conversations when it's given its dues, like let's address it, but let's talk about it and let's not skim over it or make something out of nothing kind of thing, you know? Sure. And I think that's something that, you know, from the episodes that I've listened to as a fan, um, on the other shows on Sirius Angler Network. One of the things that I hear the guests say a lot, or excuse me, the hosts say a lot is, Hey, all opinions are welcome here. We're no. thanks for the feedback. Um, you know, we're, it is, you know, it, it's, it's just a discussion. We're just talking and it's, it's not a, um, 
it's not something to get all worked up about. Hopefully it's, it, it's supposed to be fun. And I'm, it, I think that's, that's something that we're going to, going to bring with the show is it's fun and, uh, and positive. And one of the, speaking of that, I, I listened to the Alex Rod uh, episode. I, I don't know if it's the last episode of the podcast with Bailey Agber talking about positive things. And one of the things that I appreciate about Alex Rod, he has transcended from just being a fishing podcast to being something more, being something like life in general and how fishing fits with your life and how fishing helps you connect with other people and how fishing helps you um, heal some wounds. And recently, if anybody has watches Alex Rod, his last YouTube video, I thought it was very powerful talking about positive mental attitude. And like you mentioned, it's we love the sport and we want to see it grow. And each one of us is going to have the opinion of how it should grow and how things should be handled. But at the end of the day, it's it's meant to have fun. If you're not having fun doing the podcast, if you're not having fun fishing, then what are you doing it for? Kind of thing. Exactly. We need to bring the fun back and the positiveness back. And 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 I think that's important. And anybody that if you haven't watched the latest video of Alex Rudd, it's I think it's 12 minutes long and it's just him, kind of like I guess in a monologue, you would say. I thought it was very powerful. I don't know. Have you watched it, Justin? I saw it this morning. Uh, yeah, where he shared a lot of personal stuff, and yeah. it, it's it's a really good message. Um, yeah, and I think it'll resonate with a lot of people. Um, I think he made some good points that you know, you know, you, it's really easy to look at somebody else and think that oh, they're every you know their life's great, everything's great over there, and but you really don't know what's going on in somebody's head. And it's I think his overarching uh, message was it's okay to not be okay. It's uh, yeah. it's like you're not always going to be you know, a hundred percent and everything's great. It's, it's, um, I, I think it was a really good message and I, I hope that, uh, that a lot of people that need to hear that, hear that. Yeah, definitely. Go check out Alex Rod fishing podcast. And if you, if you listen to this podcast and it's probably not going to be the latest, um, video that he put has put up, but I think the title of it is this needs to be said. So look for that video in case it's not the latest video by the time you search Alex Rob Fishing. Great, great uh, YouTube channel, great podcast, one of my favorite fishing podcasts. And again, he has transcend, transcended into something more than just kayak fishing or bass fishing in general. Justin, thank you so much, man, for, for the time. I've had you for an hour. I know you're pretty tired from every from the TOC Um you're still with us. I know your image froze there for a second, so I don't know. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. I might have a bad connection here. You're you're back. Wow. All right. Cool. All right. But anyways, I wanted to, in case you missed it, I wanted to thank you again for coming on the show. I've had you for an hour. I know you're super tired from fishing last week. Um. So thank you so much. When's the next episode of Kayak Fishing Weekly coming out? What's it going to be about? And uh, what's next for you as far as the off season and next season? I'm still trying to figure out the off season a little bit. Um, I'm definitely still going to do tournaments. I, I've I've been looking at the different trails. I don't know which ones I'm going to do just yet, um, but I I hope to get in uh, a number of tournaments next year. Um, and then for for the podcast, uh, I'm excited. Next week, I believe uh, Thursday, a week from today, we're going to have uh, Christine Fisher on. Oh, nice! So I'm so was excited to pick her brain. Yeah. Um, one of the OGs. So, uh, yes. 
Yeah, excited to talk to her. Great, great person to have on the podcast for sure. Um, Justin, oh. I wanted to give you a few minutes to to uh, thank whoever you want to thank. You know, your sponsors. I know you got a decodium lithium hat on it. Um, so go ahead, go ahead and take your time. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I want to say thanks to them that uh, I mentioned having that motor this year. My uh, my De- Dakota lithium. I got a twenty four volt uh, sixty amp hour battery that patters that powers that motor, uh, and that has really made a difference in my fishing since uh, since I I got that this summer. So thanks to them, uh, and then missile baits. Um, I've used their stuff for a long time, and uh, pretty much if I do good in a tournament, it's it's on their baits. Um, and then lastly, I want to thank uh, Vicious Line. I've been using that for as long as I can remember. It's uh, another great company that that I'm happy to uh, to work with. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, Justin. I'll leave you uh, and uh, hope to see you on the water soon. Maybe are you coming That's- to Texas next year? I hope to. I think I think there's at least two, if not three, tournaments that are uh, Bassmaster and Hobie. They're going to be down there. So yeah, I, I hope yeah. to make a couple of those. I hope to see you here, man. Share some time on the water. Well, so for those out there watching and listening, if you're watching on the live show, thank you for tuning in. If you're watching or, I'm sorry, not watching, if you're listening on our MP3 format, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave us a review and uh, feel free to throw us a comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about on our next episode. The season is closing up, so we're probably going to be taking a break in December. We got a couple of more shows before the season ends and then we'll see you back in January for. So for those out there, thank you for joining us. Have a great time. And if you're going to be on the water, please wear your PFDs. Take care, everyone.